Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. In this show, we discuss topical foreign policy issues. I have conversations with foreign policy thought leaders and luminaries who discuss their life and career, often with digressions about historic foreign policy events in which their life and career intersected. And we cover often overlooked issues in global affairs. If you want to learn more, visit globaldispatchespodcast.com. And now on with the show. My guest today, Amy Israel, is the Global Health Thought Leadership and Policy Director for the health and pharmaceutical company Lilly. In that role, she's recently launched a new pilot project to combat high rates of diabetes in three neighborhoods of the city of Indianapolis, Indiana. But this is a global health story. That's because the pilot project is using a model for health intervention that was pioneered in the developing world. This model is often called the community health worker model, and global health nerds will be familiar with its basic outlines. But in short, it is the idea of training people of the community to be the first points of contact between their neighbors and the healthcare system. This model is used throughout the developing world. I've seen it in action and some reporting trips to Ethiopia and Bangladesh. And in our conversation, Amy discusses how and why this model will be applied to three of the poor neighborhoods of Indianapolis, where rates of diabetes are exceptionally higher than in wealthier parts of the city and state. And we do discuss the link between diabetes and poverty, and also, more broadly, how health ideas created in the developing world are being applied here in the United States. This episode something of a different take of a familiar story. I think you'll enjoy it. As always, please feel free to reach out to me using the contact button on globaldispatchespodcast.com. Love hearing from you guys. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Mark L. Goldberg. And do let me know if you have suggestions of people I should interview, topics I should cover. I know that I say that a lot, but I, I do mean it. All right, now here is my conversation with Amy Israel of Lilly. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So Lilly has a long history of trying to tackle health systems challenges in many countries all over the world. We started in tuberculosis a number of years ago and around 2003 and then transitioned to tackling diseases where we know a bit more about these days, which are diabetes and related hypertension. That work started in 2011. Um, in Mexico, South Africa, India, and Brazil. We learned a lot from the, the efforts that we did there. Um, Lily has a physical strong presence in the U.S., as well as in many other countries, but um, our corporate headquarters are in Indianapolis, 
And there was a strong desire to take the lessons learned from our other country programs and try and apply some of them to tackle challenges in our corporate center backyard. So because of the deep um, burden of disease and pretty large systemic challenges, and we thought we're ready to try and take a go at it. And so what does this new pilot in, in the backyard of Lily's headquarters look like in Indianapolis? So we're going to be, we're partnering with um, a few different organizations. We have uh, the Indiana University, it's IUPUI. We have IUPUI School of Public Health as one of our part- the lead partner. We have Eskenazi Health, which is the health system for people who don't have access um, to insurance or other services. We have Marion County, which is the, the local government, and then LISC, which is um, normally a housing partner, but they do a lot in community development. So together, all of these organizations are, are develop, concentrating in three main neighborhoods of Indianapolis that have the highest prevalence of diabetes and the largest disparities to develop a community-based diabetes management program that uses community health workers along the cascade of care while also addressing some of the key social determinants of health. So so the community health worker model, it's interesting. You know, this is something that I've seen being applied in places that, that I visited when I'm looking at health programs in like rural Bangladesh or Ethiopia. Uh, but now it seems that this model is being applied to like urban, you know, you know, Indianapolis, which is kind of interesting to me, which is why I wanted to, to reach out to you. So like, are there similarities between the kind of, you know, community health worker model that like global health nerds like me, uh, sort of are familiar with and, and the ones that you're deploying in, in these neighborhoods in Indianapolis? Absolutely. There are similarities. And I would say it extends beyond global health nerds like you to community organizers. So if you look at some of the key models of community organizing um, in the 60s or in the 30s, even in the U.S., they were heavily based on trying to address the needs of the specific issue, but going around. So going around the issue and tackling all of the spokes. So if we were to to take that and try and and tackle diabetes, we know that you need to keep your HbA1c level low. You know, you need to keep your blood sugar low. You need to exercise. Everyone knows they need to change their diet. But knowing those and actually being able to action them are two different things. In the global health space, we've learned that community health workers can be that arm to reach out into the neighborhood and support people along their path of care. We know that community health workers in places like you mentioned, like Bangladesh or in Ethiopia, are addressing many more things outside of just the, the someone's blood sugar level. Mm-hmm. But what's your barrier in getting to the, commu- to the primary care system? Is it transportation? Is it um, child care because you have to... Uh, find a place for your kids to go. Do you have to miss work? And trying to address all the surrounding needs so that the person can be um, supported and 
ensure better adherence to treatment and improved health outcomes. So we're applying those same kinds of lessons in Indianapolis where um, we've got huge disparities. These are our neighborhoods where people um, have a shorter life expectancy, roughly 14 years shorter than than uh, the rest of the state. We've got a way higher burden of diabetes, 17% compared to 9% in the statewide. And then we've also got a lot of other determining factors that community health workers can really help to address in partnership for example, access to good, healthy food. Mm-hmm. There aren't many grocery stores, um, or food prices could be expensive. So looking at different ways to provide access to healthy food. Um, Can, or, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, well I, I wanted to ask, um, I know I'm reaching you in Mexico. I know that the pilot that you're rolling out in Indianapolis is based on um, positive results you've seen in places like Mexico and India. Can you just sort of talk me through what those projects look like in, say, India or, or Mexico? Sure. So in India, we've got a complex health system where about 70% of people seek treatment in the private sector regardless of their income level. That private sector is quite fragmented. You could go to the mom-and-pop pharmacy shop to a, a high-scale private general doctor to a wide range, right? They often see two to three providers looking for care or a better diagnosis before landing in one. This leads to difficulties in following people up for care and ensuring that they're staying on treatment. So in India, we implemented a community health worker model to accompany people both through the public health system, but more importantly, through the cadre of private providers. And so, so just, just to be clear, by community health worker model, you mean that you're training individuals who are of the community, in the community, in sort of, in, in sort of basically like sort of health social work? Yeah, I think I, I take it for granted that um, I don't usually explain it. But yes, so it's, it is training, but training is a means to an end, right? So we're training people from those local communities to help uh, with tackle specific issues. So in India, the two main issues are, or pain points, are from initial screening to confirmatory diagnosis, so not going back to the facility to get that confirmation that they have diabetes. And the second main pain point is the treatment continuation after three months. So we're training people from the community um, to identify who needs to be screened and help follow up when they don't show up at a facility. We're, help, we're giving them the tools and the ability to do some of that work out in the neighborhoods and, and at, at the facilities. And then that treatment continuation is training the community health workers to um, provide education and awareness on diet needs, on, on physical activity, or on services that could wrap around care for the individual. So it is a bit of a social worker. It is a bit of a health care provider um, in terms of information sharing. And uh, sometimes they're, they're neighbors and family members, so that you know they're part of the community and can just support people with the needs that they have. 
Um, and and it's it's sort of that that idea that model that you're you're piloting in the United States. Yeah. So we were we are working with people from these three key neighborhoods in Indianapolis. We'll be training them, and they'll be getting support from all of the different partners uh, to reach back out into their community, find people. Um, who might not yet have diabetes. So here it's, it's a little bit more focused on preventing the disease as well as the initial stages to identify the most critical and modifiable health risks and have the community health workers tackle those with in partnership with the broader community and, and partners. Can you uh, talk a little bit uh, about the link between diabetes and, and poverty? Um, you know, these, these three communities that, that you're working in, as you said earlier, are, are poorer communities compared to the, the rest of, of the city and the rest of the state. And presumably that linkage between um, diabetes and poverty is probably as prevalent in, in places like India and, and Mexico where you are. So like, what is that link? It's a very interesting question. Um, so I'm going to first talk about perception. And then reality. And, and until recently, diabetes in many countries was considered as a you made it kind of disease. So if you got diabetes, it meant you had the ability to eat more and you had the, the financial power to buy more things that could give you diabetes. What we, so that's all about perception in countries, especially like India and to some extent South Africa, that's very much there. The problem is that we're seeing diabetes has, uh, there's a higher burden of diabetes in low and lower middle income countries, as well as in lower income populations within the U.S., because the food choices they have are of lower quality sometimes, because there isn't as much ability or focus to exercise, um, because they're so focused on the basic, basic needs of keeping a roof over their head and feeding their kiddos that um, they don't always have the luxury of going and getting tested, of getting screened, of addressing their risk factors. And because often the physical structure of these communities is worse off than others, then there's no easy way, there's no green space or easy way to exercise or walk to work. It might be too dangerous. So now we're seeing that poverty is very clearly linked with um, multiple non-communicable diseases such as diabetes and hypertension. And the consequences are enormous and just growing if we don't tackle them earlier. So this pilot work in Indianapolis is really key to contributing to figuring out what exactly works and then scaling it first across the county and then hopefully across the state with it, with partnership with government. Is it fair to say that, um, you know, diabetes rates are not as high in say Europe or Canada where they have more functioning, more equitable health systems than we have here in the United States that, you know, the, the diabetes we see here is a function of, um, broader inequality within our society and, and broader 
um, larger barriers to access to the healthcare system that we have here, as opposed to um, other countries in, in Western Europe that have more equitable health systems? Um, I don't, I don't know enough to say if it can equate to equitable health systems. I know that there are a lot of factors contributing to diabetes, including genetics and propensity, including environmental factors, including uh, socioeconomic factors. And yes, we do have lower rates in Western Europe. Um, I'm sure it's all of those factors that contribute to that. The U.S has very alarmingly high rates of diabetes in in low-income populations as well as in some particular geographic locations like the, the Rust Belt, um, the South. And that is also heavily driven by diet. Um, can, I, can I ask, so, you know, Lily, your company, you're not a charity. You're, you're a publicly traded um, healthcare company. Why are why is Lily doing this? Like, what's what's the incentive here? Lily has a long history of giving back, so there is a there is a philanthropic component to this. Yet we we we're learning from this. It will help our our business, our knowledge on diabetes, and we're in the business of diabetes. That's one of our largest portfolios. So there's a few reasons. I mean, being from the Midwest, we have that giving back culture. Uh, since, since the Eli Lilly family had, had, was in the business, but, um, more recently, I mean, we, we think it's the right thing to do and we are helping our customers, which are often governments and people affected by diabetes, tackle these solutions that, medicines alone cannot solve. Um, so we want to be the preferred partner to our customers and as well as uh, strengthening our communities so that they're healthier, more vibrant, giving back, and also that the medicines can work better. There's, there's key health systems challenges in these um, around diabetes that just cannot be tackled alone with a pill or an injection. And we feel like it's our responsibility to help support that. Those learnings then also help us for future um, business and markets, for sure. So this pilot is is uh, partnered with a university. I, presumably, there'll be some sort of testing and some sort of scientific testing of the results and, and the outcome is that like a, a proper assumption that you know in a few years' time we'll get a sense of how successful or not this pilot study, this pilot program is. Yeah. So Lily's global health work um, operates under a framework we call research, report, advocate. There's key research questions each pilot in every country is trying to answer. We report out on the data, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, so that we learn from both our successes as well as our mistakes, and others can do the same. And then we advocate for what works to be replicated or scaled. We do this with our partners, for sure. So in this particular program, there's, there's key questions. Um, we're, we're hoping to see 
after these five years or, or in the middle, we'll be doing some assessments, an increased knowledge of diabetes, and uh, we'll see an increased rate of testing. We'll see, hopefully, an increase in number of people diagnosed with diabetes, as well as effectively engaged in care. And then, ultimately, we'll see improved diabetes control and decreased race, excuse me, rates of life-altering and life-threatening complications. So right now, there's a baseline being done to see where we are when we start. As well, there's some key informative discussions and, and stakeholder consultations going on within the three communities so that the solutions are driven by community needs and community members. And then every um, year we'll have results to see how those interventions that are being tested have impact. If they work, we'll keep them going. If they don't work, we'll, ha- we'll need to shift course uh, so that ultimately at the end we'll have a key set of, of recommendations on what's tried tested that can be changed to policy or um, replicated. Um, taking a step back, can you sort of think of any other examples of healthcare interventions that were developed in poorer countries in the developing world being applied here in the United States? Outside of this one? Yeah, outside of I this mean, one. Is this like part of I a broader it, trend? I think it happens more often than not with the nonprofits that are doing work in the U.S. and abroad. Um, especially those that are based in the U.S. They test multiple things in, in various countries where they're getting grants for, and then those learnings are clearly applied in, in their backyards. Um, I, I don't, I have a few in mind, but I don't want to call out one in particular as I'm not, I'm not totally up to date with them, mm-hmm. but, 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 but the, 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 what you, what Lily is doing here is sort of not isolated. Um, there are, it, there, there are other examples out there of sort of the global being applied like to the local. I would say there are other examples. Is it, uh, common and robust in terms of evaluation and impact, I'm not sure. I know our approach will definitely have that rigorous evaluation aspect to see of those global lessons that worked very well in that particular setting and geography, which of those can be applied locally and um, how can we measure that impact. Well, I'm looking forward to catching up in, in a few years and, and talking to you and, and seeing if diabetes rates in these three communities in Indianapolis have, have decreased thanks to this intervention. Oh, I really, I really hope so. Um, well, well th- thank you so much for your time, Amy. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll stop recording now. Can I ask, uh, I forgot to ask you at the outset, um, what's your official title that I can use when I introduce you? It's a very long title. It's um, Global Health Thought Leadership and Policy Director. Okay. Well, I can, I can include that. That's a, that's a good one. Um, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Okay. Good luck. Bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. 
All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Amy. And before I let you go, I want to let you know that I have still just a few stickers left that I'd love to send to you if you write a review of the podcast on iTunes. Uh, just write a review, send me an email letting me know you wrote the review, and I will send you one of our fancy Global Dispatches podcast stickers. Who could resist? All right. See you later. Bye.